do you want one central power to know everything about you? Or would you rather be in charge of your own information? Hello, and welcome to Exploring Digital Spheres. In today's episode, we talk about smart citizens. We've all got smart products and are connected to the cloud, but that doesn't necessarily make us live in a smart society. Christian Grauvogel interviews Marlene Sticker on the concept of digital participation, connectivity, and disruptive new ideas. They talk about the Fairphone, Fab Labs, and challenging digital business models. Here's their conversation. Welcome to today's episode of Exploring Digital Spheres. My name is Christian Graufugel and I'm here today with Marlene Sticker, founder of VAR Society, an Amsterdam-based interdisciplinary media lab and research institute. Welcome, Marlene. Well, thank you. So I actually wanted to talk today with you about digital cities and smart citizens, but I found out that beside all your work in this field, you invented the Fairphone. So I'm really curious, how did this happen and how is this connected to your work in the digital city? Well, I think uh, I, did, I didn't really invent it, the Fairphone. Uh, it was a research project in the Waag, in our uh, organization. Bas van Abel was one of, uh, was head of our uh, creative team and was very much involved in open design and fab labs and maker culture. And I think it started by opening up a mobile phone, trying to figure out what's in it. And then we realized that there were a lot of uh, problems with what's inside of uh, those gadgets and mobile phones, a lot of conflict minerals, child labor. Uh, you can't really repair. Uh, if you open a, a mobile phone, it's almost immediately uh, kaput. <laughs> um So the idea started for can we can we change the how a mobile phone is being produced, uh, and this was also in the context of a project with um, people were worried about the conflict minerals in the Congo. So Bas and a team of the Waag went to the Congo to see what ha who was working in the mines to get coltan, for example, which is one of the minerals that we that you need to make tiny um, uh, gadgets and and, and 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 mobile phones. And uh, yeah, from there it started as a, an idea. Then we realized we should present it as let's make our own phone, as we do every, with everything. We have this maker culture in the wagen, hacker culture in the wagen. So we don't take the products and the world for what it is. We want to open it. We want to open the black box. So I think that's why Fairphone is totally in sync with the values and the ideas of the wagen. Um, but from there, it's it's spun off, and it and now it's a separate company, sixty uh, seventy people, uh, and well, quite successful successfully both making a phone, a smartphone, but also still very much in the research mode to figure out what is the chain of production of this kind of technologies, and still in a mode of creating open technologies. So. Um To understand a bit better what you're working on, uh, with the VAR, you're promoting smart citizen or the, the term of smart citizens, and you want to uh, educate and empower citizens also in sense of technology, as you explained with the smartphone, uh, with the, with the Fairphone. 
Um, so what do you ex exactly mean by the term smart citizens and, and um, what are you actually doing to empower citizens in uh, a digital age? Well, smart citizens, you can see it from two sides. It's, it's both coming from citizen science, from maker culture, from uh, opening up the black box, uh, technology literacy. Uh, so citizens that are smart can also really um, participate in a democracy and have the ability and the knowledge to uh, to be an active uh, a, a partner in it. But it's also, of course, a reaction to the whole theme and frame of the smart city, where uh, the city is smart and the citizens are dumb. Or you don't have you don't. A lot of the smart city technologies tells us that uh, the, the technology itself can run the city. Uh, just, just put some sensors somewhere, uh, do some artificial intelligence, some deep learning, and every, every, all the problems will vanish. And, um, so just trust the technology. And I think for the VAG, we, we don't, we, we love technology, but we understand that technology is not neutral. So it's really depending on, on who is, who is creating the technology. Technology is not neutral in the sense that there are instructions in it. If you use data, this, this is not objective. Every data set is an interpretation of the reality. Uh, so it means something about who is defining, who is defining where we're optimizing for. So for us, smart citizens is um, sort of a reaction to the smart city, but it's also in itself a program, very, very positive program in 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 bringing these technologies into the hands of uh, social innovation uh And, and and empowerment of uh, individual. So you're actually in the Bach Society training citizens to um, understand technology uh, in a different way and to to understand the processes behind, or how are you actually doing this? Yeah, so we're the Bach is an institute with around 60 people on staff and another hundred on on projects. So we can do a lot of projects, of course, so at the same time. So we do research. Uh, we do public events, but and we also have a regular program on citizen science, where we work together with citizens on uh, how to uh, measure water quality, air air quality. Uh, so these projects are always together with people um, in the city, sometimes in the Netherlands, sometimes uh, abroad. We do this also a lot in in European collaboration. And, um, and yes, these are sessions there. Make Health, for example, is a program where we, um, bring designers, citizens, people with, uh, issues for, um, for, because they, the wheelchair doesn't do what they want that the wheelchair should do. Uh, so to help them to solve their own problems together with designers and some, some hackers or other, other people with engineering skills. And it's, it's a lot about bringing people together. Uh, and we don't believe that anybody in itself, in her or his own right, can understand everything. That, that also counts for civil servants or even engineers or people from science. You need each other to understand the next steps. It's all very hybrid. Uh, very interdisciplinary. Um, so on, the, on, on every average Thursday, we have an open day in the afternoon. People come in, use the Fab Lab. We have a big Fab Lab uh, at the Waag. We also have a big biotech lab in the, at the Waag and a textile lab. So we have all the equipment for people to uh, to use. 
And next to that, we also do training sessions for teachers and for others that are in their profession, librarians, for example. We help the libraries in Amsterdam to become maker spaces. So we also teach the teachers and teach the librarians to become more maker-oriented. So um, yesterday we had an event at the HIC where you said um, not everybody should be able to code, but everybody should be able to understand what's behind it. And also regarding your approach of smart citizens, you, you're trying to promote that, that people actually understand that. But isn't that also quite a big task to ask from citizens to actually understand codes? People who have never experienced coding before and to, to ask from them to actually understand the technology to be able to participate in a democracy. Isn't that also like shifting a bit the responsibility to the citizens and, and asking quite a lot from them? Because that's, that's nothing which I think we should take for granted. You can't expect people to just um, sit there in the afternoon or in the spare time and, and try to, to figure out how, how coding works. Well, I think if, if it's about what we teach in schools, I think, I'm, I'm not so much for that everybody has to learn code or to, to code or programming, but I would love to see that we bring arts and technology together and more purpose driven questions about environments and about how to understand your own environment. Um, and so this is more digital tinkering or creative tinkering. Um, which is more maker culture. So I would love to see people have more ability to repair their own um, uh, stuff and be less consumer and more producer, co-producer. But I totally agree with you that it won't be uh, that every citizen will be able to uh, to understand the black box or what's inside or behind the technologies. So I, this is only just one of the measures that we need to do to, to educate and to open up the ability for people to learn and to participate. Uh, but we also need regulation. If you think about our food system, uh, people, when they go into the supermarket, they don't have to check themselves if there's dioxin in the chicken because we have all kinds of regulations for this. Uh, so that, that should be the same for all the apps that we download. It should be totally normal that the, 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 the parties that are putting these apps in the app store can't take your data away. And now this is not regulated good enough. So we need really fierce regulation so that even very, very, uh, so not only the happy view has the ability to understand and, uh, and, and, and choose for an alternative, but that it's just normal that, that this kind of technology apps and, 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 and gadgets that they don't surveil, surveil us. It's really weird. I mean, they're, they're not selling this, uh, smart shoes. Uh, actually, they're being hacked. <laughs> so, and then you can't walk anymore. So you buy, buy stuff. It's so strange. People buy the stuff to be, to, to, and then this technology, uh, turns against you. It's a very strange concept. I, and so we, we have to be, uh, uh, protected to this kind of technology. So you would suggest that analog to the red regulations we have in, analog world in like if you look at consumer rights that we somehow also adapt them in the digital sphere and have like the the consumer rights we have in the analog world also uh, implement that in, in of course the yeah sphere. and and at, at the moment it's quite a strange timing time because 
On one hand, we have the GDPR, which is the privacy law coming from Europe, which has to be implemented in every nation state. And that's definitely a game changer. But we also have um, art Article 13 now, which is protecting the rights of um, uh, publishers, which is against consumer rights. Uh, so from Europe, there are very it's, it's, it's a very strange situation that also PSD2, which uh, says that banks need uh, have to share our bank information with third parties based on our consent. But we know how we give our consent. Like, oh, you give me a little bit discount. Oh, you have my consent. So the, the question is, if people give consent to third parties to do something with their data, is is this real? Is Can we ask people to make that decision? So... Yes, we, we need to regulate it, but it's, it will take us a lot of time, a lot of years to make, to, to get it right. This is not an easy thing. There are so many different, um, lobbies on European, um, privacy, um, legislation, but also on the rights of publishers, the telecom rights. So it's, it will, uh, we, 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 25 years, we took it for granted. We, we, we approached the internet as a market and the market players would do right. And of course we, it's not right. It's, 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 it's uh, far from right. So it will take us at least 25 years. I hope faster five years to get back to a more commons based internet, which public values and where not the market is, uh, is, is in charge. So now you mentioned also data governance as an important aspect. Um, the question who actually governs uh, the data which is produced uh, on a daily base. Um, that's something you're also working on um, with a decode project, um, European funded project, uh, also in collaboration amongst others with the city of Barcelona. And um, what is happening in that project, as far as I know, or as far as I understood, is also that trying to develop um, more communal alternatives to existing platforms. And that's something also you, you promote yesterday in your talk that we need also, um, yeah, communal owned platforms beside the, the, the ones which already exist to actually have an alternative we can promote to citizens. But isn't that the, the paradox of platforms that if there's one existing platform running, that it's not really that easy and possible to just set up your own thing and say, okay, well, we have another alternative, really good data governance model on these platform, which is really citizen-centered. Now, please move all to this alternative, which is communal or state-owned. Um, but that actually, if there's one big player in the platform that, that the people stay on it, like uh, there have been examples with like uh, Airbnb and co where, where people try to set up something else. I think that's also something you're doing with the Bach. Uh, and then you see that it's really difficult to move the people there, even if they see the direct benefit. Like how, how do you think uh, we could, we could tackle that question and, and how we could uh, deal with that problem? Yeah, I've, I've, I've started the Facebook Liberation Army with uh, Geert Lovink and some others uh, in 2014. And we throw this party, uh, the Facebook uh, farewell party. And so people showed up, but a lot of people were very hesitant because they didn't know how to leave Facebook because it's their own, well, propaganda machine, for, right, for example, or they have all their relationships there or they have all their family ties there. Um, so it's quite difficult for people to leave uh, a social platform when they invested so much time in it. Um, 
And on the same time, people start to feel very uh, um, un in unease with these platforms. Uh, and people are much more open to alternatives than before. So when I was, so to me, the, the difference between 2014 with, with the starting point of the Facebook Liberation Army and then 2018, the GDPR, but also national television, uh, a show that, that from uh, Lubach, a very uh, popular uh, television host, who, who altogether said, we are going to leave Facebook altogether with 300,000 uh, people. I think there is a big change. I think the, 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 and of course the first have to leave and then the others will follow as, as always. And we, we have seen this in the past as well. Um, we, we see that young people don't go to Facebook at the moment. They're on Instagram. That's another problem. That's the same problem. Uh, of course. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I do see that it's problematic to get people to another platform. Um, on the other hand, um, we also have to make it very easy. And at the moment, it's not that easy. So if you ask for alternative to Facebook or Instagram, um, it's difficult. I mean, I, I, there's not a real good uh, alternative. If you think about an alternative to Google search, I can say, uh, I can say DuckDuckGo, StartPage. So there, there are many of them already. If, if you ask people uh, alternative to Google Mail or Gmail, I can say ProtonMail. So there, there, uh, for a lot of the, the now existing uh, technologies, there are alternatives. Only for social media, it's more difficult. And I think we're very close to uh, a new generation of social media. And they will be very attractive and well-designed. And they will have all the public values that we want to have in it, which means attribute-based identity, which means distributed data storage. Um, and not the, uh, uh, there are a lot of people also in Germany work on this. Uh, the project, that project is a protocol which we need for a new architecture for social media. Uh, but also a person like uh, Tim Berners-Lee with Solid. Tim Berners-Lee, the, the inventor of the web, is working on something which is more decentralized uh, as a framework. So yeah, I think we are getting closer to it. But so we need really good alternatives uh, before people will move to something else. Coming back to the question of, of data governance a bit there in, in that field, so alternatives also would request different that different model of, of data governance, um, and then also regarding your your um, process of of empowerment, I think people to to also take the step of changing, people need to understand how data governance work and what's actually happening with um, the own data but isn't that such a as you explained before isn't that such a complex t theme to to understand and to get into it and, and understand the process behind that it's really difficult to explain that and and break it down to the people on a daily basis so like how, how can you promote empowerment by breaking down complex technological processes um into into a daily base I think sometimes it's being very mis being mystified. It's very complex, and you can't really understand it. You really be you need to study ICT or informatics or AI. I think part of the the the, the narrative around technology is that it's being mystified, and uh, so de demystifying is also a very important uh, aspect of our work, uh, which says, and you can simplify it. Um, 
So you can simplify it, you make it more clear. What are the what are the rules? And you have to bring it back to the stories. Do you want one central power to know everything about you? Or would you rather be in charge of your own information? People now think it's inherent of the internet that you lose your privacy. But it's not. It's it's based on the business models of these companies. So if we change that and we show that it's possible to have uh, companies that don't uh, make their business by profiling you, by being paid to to mislead you and to to manipulate you, um, then it's much easier. So you don't not everybody has to understand in the technological uh, aspects of it, but it's also about what kind of company is this. What is their what is their purpose? Why are they there? What are they doing? Um, so I think we more and more we get back to the normal storyline that we know, like who is in charge, where is the power, where is 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 there any d- democratic uh, um, accountability to what the company is doing? And at the moment, people experience enough of what's happening. What's what's when uh, the, the all these revelations about Cambridge Analytica. And, and all the other stuff, what's happening at the moment. I think there's enough journalists working on these cases to make it clear. What is the, 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 the values behind the big tech companies at the moment? And I mentioned, um, the book of, uh, Shoshana Zubev, uh, Zubov, the, the, the rise of uh, surveillance capitalism. Uh, also more like, uh, scholars and researchers and professors are, are really doing good research on making it visible. And again, I think everybody who has there, there's a group of people that have a moral obligation to make the right choices. These are politicians. These are people in um, in in policy making for healthcare organizations, educational organizations. They have to make the moral decisions. With whom are they going to to work together? Are you are you expecting your students to work with gmail and google mail or gmail and and google or will you choose for alternatives are you uh, paying facebook for for your advertisement or are you going to stop to do that these are these are decisions so i'm not saying that every single citizen should know about it uh, but i think there are some obligations to people that make policies and they have to make the right choices there so what would be your future vision, your optimist vision for a digital city? So where do you see the potential of technology on top of the societal base, which is needed, as I understood you, but where do you see the potential? Where could this lead as a, let's say, future imaginary? Where do you think the technology could bring us in a positive way in the digital city? Like what is really needed? Well, I think I'm, I'm the, my original um Enthusiasm for the internet in back in 92, 93, when I started to use it for some, um, thing, uh, activities is that it can enable and empower people to collaborate, to, to work together over time and over space. And we can share solutions and make it available to other people. We can create a common knowledge, common tools. Um, so I think the, the common potential of the internet still is the thing that drives me and makes me happy. And uh, I do see how it um, enables people to educate themselves or to find new relationships or to uh, build new uh, companies or organizations. 
the, the energy transition as we is uh, since we have distributed technology which in 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 the in the, in the, in the um, on the background the internet isn't distributed architecture where you can you can uh, add a node to the network and then you have all the access so it's it is decentralized which is very important and very disruptive uh, in potential so i think this this potential is still there it's also still working so energy an energy transition is possible as a di- distributed uh, process uh, because we have the tools um the whole concept of the 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 power of the the factories uh, the, uh and and the power of uh 3d printing and personal fabrication these are also two ways to think about how we how we develop the products so again distributed knowledge open design can help also to uh, to become closer to our own uh, to be less consumer more producer so yeah I, I do believe there's still a lot of a lot to gain from um distributed open technologies and um but we really have to fight and be very aware of the dangers that lies into the more centralized powers that in that are in the platforms at the moment so still a lot of work ahead uh, good luck with that i'm excited what's what's going to be next and uh, thank you for your time thank you so much for having me that were christian graalvogel and marlene sticker If you want to know more about The Smart Citizen, have a look at the show notes. And as always, for more information on research done at The Hig, visit hiig.de. This was Exploring Digital Spheres. Catch you on the flip side.